Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there. I mean, welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is February 2nd, Friday, February 2nd, 2024. And that opening was an homage to uh, the movie we discussed yesterday, maybe the greatest film Surely the greatest film ever made about February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Because today is the day. It's Groundhog Day. And today's poem uh, is in honor of that day. Groundhog Day actually has roots in a much older uh, Christian festival uh, known commonly as Candlemas. Uh, also uh, observed uh, by some as uh, the meeting of Jesus in the temple or the presentation of Jesus in the temple. Um, but that older feast and Groundhog Day uh, are directly connected in ways that you might uh, be surprised to learn about. Uh, for those who are into that kind of thing, I might include a link in the show notes to uh, a podcast by Richard Rowland uh, that uh, talks through the fascinating history of Candlemas and Groundhog Day. Uh, in the meantime, we have a poem today by Robert Herrick, the 17th century Anglican cleric and poet. Cleric and Herrick rhymes. I don't know if he planned that out or if it was a coincidence, but it's a happy one. And uh, the poem is called Ceremony Upon Candlemas Eve. Candlemas, uh, as I said, is the observance or the celebration of uh, the uh, biblical event 40 days following the birth of Jesus when the Israelite law required that his parents bring him to be uh, presented and uh, consecrated in the temple. Uh, This is the scene in which uh, the baby Jesus meets Simeon. Uh, the old man who uh, has promised by God that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. He holds the baby in his arms and says, Now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, uh, a light to lighten the Gentiles. And uh, that reference and image of light uh, has led to uh, the involvement of many, the significant involvement of many candles in candlemas services, uh, thus the name. It's also, less so in Western countries, but in some parts of the world, it's uh, the tradition to leave one's Christmas decorations up until Candlemas. So uh, we talked earlier uh, in the month, or I mentioned earlier in the month, how uh, some folks some folks take their decorations down immediately. Some leave them up until uh, the... <clears throat> Well, the day of Christmas has run its course, uh, but some might even keep them up until February 2nd. That might explain the house down the road from me who still has a 10-foot Nightmare Before Christmas skeleton in their front yard. Uh, Hopefully, by the end of today, that will be no more. Fingers crossed. Uh, Here is Robert Herrick's ceremony Upon Candlemas Eve, 
I'll read it once, uh, say a few things about the text of the poem itself, and then read it one more time. Down with the rosemary and bays, down with the mistletoe. Instead of holly, now upraise the greener box for show. The holly hitherto did sway, let box now domineer, until the dancing Easter day or Easter's eve appear. Then youthful box, which now hath grace, your houses to renew, grown old, surrender must his place unto the crisped yew. When you is out, then birch comes in, and many flowers beside, both of a fresh and fragrant kin to honor Whitsuntide. Green rushes then, and sweetest bents with cooler oaken boughs come in for comely ornaments to readorn the house. Thus times do shift, each thing his turn does hold, new things succeed as former things grow old. This is a great uh, nature-centric uh, poem, uh, tying the changing of the liturgical uh, seasons uh, in with the uh, revolving of the uh, natural seasons and uh, the, the different uh, herbaceous trappings that come along with that. Uh, so there's a reference in the first stanza and then in a few uh, following uh, to box the, down with the rosemary down with the mistletoe instead of holly now upraise the greener box for show uh, and this is uh, not uh, some storage uh, object this is a reference to the uh, the evergreen box tree uh, more common in Britain maybe than, than across the US uh, it's also, interestingly enough, uh, traditionally uh, a tree that its branches are placed in and around uh, coffins. Uh, it's uh, traditionally accompanied burials. The reason being, I imagine, that it's an evergreen. And uh, this is a kind of uh, symbol of the hope that those who are laid to rest will be uh, uh raised again in the end of days that uh, their death will be but a, but asleep. The poem as a whole uh, then is looking forward to uh, the ways in which uh, one season might be put to rest. It's always hard to say goodbye to Christmas, uh, but it will come again. Thus times do shift the final uh, couplet states, each thing his turn does hold. New things succeed as former things grow old. And this is an intriguing observation from a poet like Herrick, who's known for his uh, love of the Carpe Diem poem, uh, the Seize the Day theme, his most famous poem, uh, To the Virgins to Make Much of Time, Gather Ye Rosebuds, while ye may, uh, is a great example of uh, this subgenre of poetry. Uh, but here, the idea of revolving seasons that pass and return uh, complicates that uh, 
simpler carpe diem concept. Uh, it's less about seizing the day, whatever day it may be, uh, and being willing to let go of what came before uh, and seizing the appropriate day or the uh, each day in its season. And when one season ends, being willing to uh, seize the next and the next and the next. That there is uh, a, a time uh, for everything and everything in its time, as uh, Solomon once wrote. Here is ceremony for Candlemas Eve one more time. Down with the rosemary and bays, down with the mistletoe. Instead of holly, now upraise the greener box for show. The holly hitherto did sway, let box now domineer, until the dancing Easter day or Easter's eve appear. Then youthful box, which now hath grace your houses to renew, grown old, surrender must his place unto the crispid yew. When yew is out, then birch comes in, and many flowers beside both of a fresh and a fragrant kin, to honor Whitsuntide. Green rushes then, and sweetest bents, with cooler oaken boughs, come in for comely ornaments to re-adorn the house. Thus times do shift, each thing has turned us hold, new things succeed, as former things grow old. That's worth noting, too, that uh, in the meter of the poem, there is a, an alternation between uh, lines of uh, eight syllables and lines of six, uh, iambic tetrameter and iambic trimeter, uh, eight, six, eight, six, up until the final couplet as a way of, of structurally reinforcing the sense that times shift, uh, the actual time or meter of the verses themselves are shifting, but shifting in a uh, predictable and in an orderly way. Uh, this is not uh, a shifting chaos, uh, a world that is just in a random flux, uh, but one that is orderly. The poem itself bears uh, witness to that. The things that are to come are predictable. Yes, Christmas is past, but now we look forward to Easter, and after that, to Whitsuntide or Pentecost. Uh, the years are shifting, uh, but they're, they're not wild. Uh, we don't have to fear the changing of the times. Uh, we simply need to prepare for them. Well, this has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. If we don't all have to relive this day over and over, we'll be back next week with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes or to support the show, please visit dailypoempod.substack.com. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, especially our long-suffering engineer, Logan Green, who has to, among other things, listen to every word that we say, which cannot be easy. I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time, happy reading.